Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Thank you very much for joining me for the show. We are here uh, in uh, on breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer, on Talk TV, live from the Talk Radio studios. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, Tom Slater is also with me. He's editor of Spiked Online. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, we're going to be talking to the Universities Minister, Michelle Donnellan, uh, in the next sort of 20 minutes or so. So we will uh, cut to her um, and uh, and we'll obviously get her thoughts, not just on uh, uh, an announcement on the new schools bill, but also on where we are in lots of other issues. And there's no doubt at all that uh, Northern Ireland has been very much the focus of uh, of news interest over the weekend, uh, ever since the local elections. We will come back to the implications of those for the British mainland, but certainly for Northern Ireland. Lots of implications of Sinn Féin becoming the largest mm-hmm. party in Northern Ireland. 27 Sinn Féin MLAs in their assembly, 25 DUP. Interesting, I think the Centrist Alliance getting 17, a non-religious sort of religious affiliated yeah. uh, uh, party doing well, is, is probably the most hopeful thing we've seen in Northern Ireland. But the implications of this are, of course, there are two sides. One is that Sinn Féin want a united Ireland. We're going to have a first minister um, in, in, if we can get a power sharing government where we have a, a first minister who wants to basically get rid of her job mm-hmm. and, and, lead a, uh, and lead the party into reunification with the Republic of Ireland. But we've also got the issue of the DUP leader saying, well, Geoffrey Johnson, I'm not going to uh, join any power sharing agreement unless we can get rid of the Northern Ireland Protocol, which effectively puts sort of a partial border mm. down the Irish Sea between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, how do you think this resolves itself? Well, it seems like it's, it's going to have to be something on the question of the Nor- Northern Ireland Protocol, which is the thing that has bedeviled this whole process for so long now. I mean, it seems like the DUP are really dug in. They really feel that sense of betrayal from Westminster in the sense that Boris Johnson, you know, in particular said there's going to be, you know, you can tear up your customs forms. This is never going to come in. And yet, of course, uh, we saw that border form itself down the Irish Sea. So the question is, what can Westminster give that? Will it want to give that? We've seen a bit of a softening since David Frost's departure, but only time will tell, I guess, if there's anything that can give the DUP enough to make them feel like they want to go back into power sharing. Well, it appears that the Liz Truss, the Foreign Secretary, wants to sort of effectively rip up the Northern Ireland Protocol mm. and just, you know, just get rid of it. And which we are, this, there's, not, there's a lot of argument over this, but people say, well, you know, Boris Johnson signed the Northern Ireland Protocol as part of the Brexit deal. He has to say, no, but the Northern Ireland Protocol does have... Mm. Uh, well, there are a couple of things in it that are crucial. One is that each part, each side has the right to unilaterally end it on the basis that they believe that it's, you know, it's not working, um, which is quite clear mm. in the case. Um, but also um, that they, on both sides, agree as part of the Brexit deal to to goodwill. 
to yeah. acting with goodwill. And there's no question at all that the EU is not acting with goodwill. When there are more checks and customs checks between Great Britain and Northern Ireland than there are with with basic, you know the, the the entire sort of Eastern European border, mm. that tells you something, doesn't it? Of, of course it does. I mean, the issue of Northern Ireland has always just been weaponised by the European Union to try and extract um, more from the UK side. Yeah. That's always been clear. And I actually think when a lot of people say, well, Boris Johnson negotiated and signed this deal, we all know under what circumstances. He'd been yeah. given a terrible setup from his predecessor. Uh, he was really kind of feeling the pinch in Parliament. Remember all those Remainer MPs trying to take over the parliamentary order paper and all that stuff. And ever since he's been trying to unpick that. Um, and the question is whether or not he'll actually be able to stick to it, given everything else that's on his plate at the moment. I yeah, guess. I mean, that's the thing. There is an awful lot uh, on, on his plate. Um, let's talk about uh, what's going on in Ukraine as well. Um, yesterday we had... Um, yet another incredible video message. I mean, the incredible communication skills of Vladimir Zelensky. A black and white video with it wearing a T-shirt saying, "You know, I'm Ukrainian," standing in front of a, a destroyed apartment building, um, and basically, you know, this is on, this is on Victory in Europe Day, VE mm-hmm. Day for for most of Europe. Um, basically, comparing Vladimir Putin's actions in Ukraine to Nazi atrocities and how mm-hmm. you know they, we will come through this winter and uh, the sun, the black and white, and it was all shot in black and white and sunshine and the, the yellow. And the blue of the Ukrainian uh, flag. Um, and this comes as the Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, today is going to make a speech where he's also going to talk about Vladimir Putin as mirroring the fascism of Nazi Germany. Um, this, of course, as Vladimir Putin holds his annual Victory Day parade mm. in Russia, in Red Square. He's, you know, I can remember this as a child, seeing these, you know, the parades, all these weapons and tanks and mm. things. I mean, one wonders how many tanks he's got, given how yeah. many have been destroyed <laughs> and how many he's deployed to Ukraine mm. to actually uh, to actually uh, have a parade. But um, what do you make of the... You know, the the H word. I mean, mm. it's like having a conversation with Ken Livingston at the moment, isn't it? The amount of times Hitler gets mentioned. You know, I once, I once had an interview with Ken Livingston where she said, can we try and have a conversation without you mentioning Hitler? And I think he managed. I think it was two minutes. And he couldn't stop it. And it, we, there was nothing to do with Hitler, but he managed to bring Hitler in. It's extraordinary. I wish he was here now to cast his thoughts on this. But no, um, as you say, I mean, it's been on both sides of trying to basically portray the other side as Nazis. I think it's much more scandalous in Vladimir Putin's case. Yeah. So far as he is obviously the nefarious force here, but I'm also generally wary of these kind of historical comparisons. Something can be t- bad and terrible in the present without having to equate it with you know the worst crimes of the 20th century. I think it's, it's fair to say, but you can yeah. understand why passions are riding high, particularly in Ukraine, where we've seen such immense brutality from the Russian military. You can understand why they would be reaching for those comparisons. And I think also because of the because of what the the Ukrainians went through under the, the mm. Nazis. Yeah. I mean, this is a very crucial thing. And I think it's one of the things we often forget. I mean, you know, Second War, absolutely horrific loss of life on, on all sides. But the key thing to remember there is you know, the Russians lost, you know, tens of millions of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the death toll was huge. This is this is still very, very, uh, very, very real and very visceral for them, isn't it? Um, let's talk about Beergate as well. Um, I'm, I have to say, um, I, I, I look, it was always very, very clear to me that during the local elections in April 2021, the last year, that that Keir Starmer having a beer and a curry with his uh, his campaigning colleagues was definitely against the law. There were not only were there laws in place for all of us; you couldn't meet with more than one other person inside. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, you had at that time that you know you 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 had to keep within your household bubble. You weren't allowed to have meals with people. I remember we were at work. You know, it, it, it mattered whether it was socialising with friends or family, whether it was work. You weren't allowed to do it. The local elections had very specific. There was literally a 
the set of guidelines mm. for what you were and were not allowed to do. And it was very, very specific. You were not allowed to meet indoors. I mean, I can't be, you know, people could meet indoors if reasonably necessary for work. So we were allowed to be at mm. work. But there should not be any sharing of food and drink by staff who do not share a household. And specifically on the local election guidance, it said you should not meet with other campaigners indoors. I don't know which bit of that's complicated. It's very, very clear, Clark, mm-hmm. black and white. So um, the, the I, that was obvious to me, but I wasn't as bothered by it because yeah. he wasn't in power. Although he voted for these things, it, it was what's happening in number 10 that really bothers me. I always thought it was illegal, but... The lies that have been told is undoubtedly. Mm. I mean, the, the oh, it was impromptu curry. Angela Rayner wasn't there. She was. It wasn't impromptu. It was in the diary. We went back to work afterwards. No, they didn't. Um, there was nowhere else to get food. Yes, there was. Your hotel. I mean, every single aspect of this, everything we've been told about this is not mm, true. Completely. What a surprise. Durham police now investigating. Do you think this is going to be the end of him? Well, it's difficult because he's made a rod for his own back here. Because I agree, he didn't make the rules, but he did kind of invent and turn into an art, this kind of lockdown rule moralism, where even you know Rishi Sunak going to an impromptu birthday party yeah. on his way to another meeting is a resigning matter. Yeah. By the same token, having beer and curry in the Durham Miners Hall is obviously going to be a resigning matter. It seems like he's privately told aides that he would go if he steps down, but... What a ridiculous situation we find ourselves in, that this yeah. is the bar for whether or not you're allowed to carry on in yeah. public life. But he's, he's he started this on some level. There is an element, isn't there, that if he hadn't been so moralistic about this, mm. and, and there were people I mean, like Lisa Nandy, the Shadow Levelling Up Secretary, who did a valiant job, I think, on Sunday morning <laughs> telly yesterday. Mr. They looked, Rules. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Although I bet his team would go, oh, no, he said, oh, Keir Thomas, Mr. Rules, he wouldn't be breaking the rules or bending the rules. Well, he did. I mean, we mm. know it's a matter of fact. What he did was against the rules. And the argument seems to be from a lot of people, whether it's about Boris Johnson and cake and parties at number 10, or whether it's Keir Starmer and beer, you know, beer gate, is the, the argument seems to always be, huh, you can't make, someone shouldn't lose their job or get fined because they, they had a drink with someone or a curry with someone. Mm-hmm. How ridiculous. And my point as someone who campaigned against lockdown is, Yes, exactly. <laughs> and yet they brought in those sodding rules for you and me and everyone listening and watching. And this is the thing. Yes, those rules were insane. They were immoral. They were wrong. They did not save a single person's life. You and I could have happily met for a beer, for a curry, had birthday cake, done whatever, indoors. And you and I would have been perfectly fine. But we were still legally banned from doing mm. so. I was not allowed to have, um, you know, a, a cheese sandwich and a cup of tea with my my colleagues here at Talk Radio and Talk TV because that would have been illegal. But that was the law. Mm. But the law was brought in by Boris Johnson, backed by Keir Starmer, who called for longer, harder, earlier, stricter laws. <laughs> and then they can't now say, oh, it doesn't really matter. Well, then why did you bring the rules in for the rest of us? Well, this is exactly the point. And the brazen hypocrisy is difficult to get over. I mean, especially, you know, the number 10 Downing Street party is one I always go back to. That exact same day, Oliver Dowden was on television saying, you can now meet one other person outside. Meanwhile, you know, 40-odd people or whatever it was were, you know, readying the sausage rolls in the back garden. (laughs) It is ridiculous. I think the way through this is to say it is ridiculous that it was ever criminalised to have a cheese sandwich with your colleagues or whatever. Um, But the way to get this is to refund anyone who's been fined under those lockdowns down rules. Um, anyone who has actually been properly criminalised as part of that process have those things um, wiped the slate clean. And we can start having a properly honest conversation about lockdown, which you hoped all of this would prompt, but of course it never no, does, does exactly. it? exactly. And again, do you know what? There's an awful lot in the media, a lot of people who were who paying a lot of attention to this now and then say, oh, for goodness sake, let me see. <laughs> they were 
I mean, I, I'm sure everyone watching right now and listening right now agrees with me. They were uh, atrocious during lockdown. Mm. I, I didn't get a chance to ask a question during any of those uh, press conferences. And I was screaming at the telly most of the time and, and tweeting. This is what you should be asking. What is the reason? They, they, there's more forensic analysis right now of, of how much curry was bought for how many people <laughs> at what time and how long it takes to walk to the Keir Starmer's hotel in Durham mm -hmm. than there was of the entire pandemic and of every single pandemic policy. Mm. I mean, there is more There is more analysis going on now. And at no point is anyone going, hey, guess what? All these parties at number 10 and all these curries and things, you know, no one died. There's mm. not even evidence that anyone got ill. Well, how could that be possible? Because if we'd met up with each other at that time, we we would have killed granny that's what we were told wasn't it <laughs> that is what we were told i think the media completely failed to point this out they got drawn into all of this lockdown moralism and also you just realized that as if these people were st sticking to the rules uh, you know by every kind of whisker all right. the way through we know that's not true and even and though yet... people say well lots of people were breaking the rules well yes they may well have been but they had to sneak around or they had to yeah. take risks mm -hmm. um you know and and and, and we we're free people living we're grown-ups we shouldn't have to sneak around to go meet up with a member of our family or, or, or a friend <laughs> it's absolutely absurd um i must also ask you about new doctor who i mean i hate myself for even doing it but <laughs> hailed at the bafta awards last night i mean you know no one watches it anyway no one watches doctor who anymore anyway since with jodie whittaker replaced i mean i've not watched doctor who since i think i was about 10 years old but i mean you know i i'm i don't think it's aimed at middle-aged women <laughs> um but the new doctor is nikuti gatwa um who apparently is significant it's nothing about his acting skills. I'm sure he's a very good actor. I don't know. I've never heard of any of these actors. I, I don't know who these people are. It's not my job to. Um, but he's black and openly gay. And this apparently is very significant and progressive. But do we care? Well, we should, of course we should care. I'm, I'm happy that he's said, <laughs> I don't care. I, I'm, I'm, live your life. Be Have a wonderful life. Be whatever you... It, but, should, it should be incidental, shouldn't it? It should be great actor. is given this role. Everyone's really excited about it. But because we live in this era that we live in, the most in interesting thing about this gentleman is his sexuality and his skin colour. That's a really regressive thing. Yes. And yet it's just become normal at this point because that's supposed and to be... And it's hailed by all the reporters. as like, oh, this is wonderfully progressive. Is it... Do, do we do we do we have a lack of people of, of either of those those particular in, you know ingrained characteristics on our television screens that who need over -rep more representation? Well, it's also really ridiculous when you think that people think that this is going to you know the casting decisions of Doctor Who will fundamentally change society. It's ridiculous Absolutely. on the face of it when you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The breakfast briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.